Welcome to Wet Jeans, our special edition, the Troop Respecting Edition. I'm your host, and I'm with my and with the other host. I'm your I'm also I'm a co-host. Today on the show, we have a very special guest. His name is Barry McCockiner. He's known for respecting the troops. What do we say now? Merch. Oh yeah. All right, we have a quick announcement before we get into the interview. All of our merch is going to be out today at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Eastern time. We're going to do it later in the month, but we want to ship it to you earlier, before Christmas, before all the holidays, because we're that unselfish. And if the merch doesn't sell out, we're, we're, we're fucking quitting the show. Yep, we're not putting on another episode until everything sells out. Uh, all the proceeds will go to us. And, and this will be the last merch drop uh, before till late spring late spring and we really won't put out another episode until it sells out so i think we're going to be the first podcasters uh to go on holdout for our own podcast if it doesn't sell out wjpodcast.com wjpodcast.com if you like the show if you support the show even if you don't like the merch uh but you like the show then then maybe buy the merch i don't know just throw it away give it to goodwill do something nice for someone else do something for someone else for once selfish pieces of shit asshole with that being said, let's get right into the interview. And we have a special guest on the show today. Um, we welcome in Twitter personality, if you will, Barry McCockner, whose at name is at Sexy Troop Lover. Uh, he's an LGBTQ supporter. He hates racism, hates pedophiles, hates terrorists, Hitler. and hates Hitler. He's the host of the Class Act podcast. And he has a firm stance that Tom Brady is a system quarterback. Um, he's got the wildest, one of the most wildest followings on Twitter that I've seen. Uh, welcome in, Barry, and thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I just want to uh, dive into it here. Uh, what's your take on Patriots owner Robert Kraft getting his, his boner rubbed down in a strip mall in Florida? Would you consider that a system rub, rub and tug? Or do you think it's a big deal that he was kind of nutting in a strip mall in the first place? Or why, why was it swept under the rug? Well, there's really no way to know for sure if it was a system your rub and tug. I think the fact that really anybody who has enough money could go in there and, you know, get their rocks, you know, off for, for a pretty decent price. Was, I believe it was something like $50 or something really, really cheap like that. Holy shit. So, but yeah, I think I think Kraft is a system sex trafficker. But again, you know, you could just replace him with any other guy, and it would be fine. And I think it got swept under the rug because he's a guy with a lot of money, and that's just that's just how America works. Yeah, and just to kind of rewind here, it seems from your Twitter bio that that I just read off, uh, you seem like a pretty level-headed guy. I mean, you have respectable values. You hate terrorists. You support all communities humanly possible. You hate Hitler. What is it? Why is it that Twitter keeps suspending you? Like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, to tell you the truth, I actually don't know. I mean, I guess they just like Hitler that much. <laughs> they have to suspend me. And again, I am like, I, nobody hates Hitler more than I do. And I hate homophobia. I just, I just pissed, I'm getting pissed off just thinking about it. And yeah, but I don't know why Twitter just has to ban me all the time. I guess it's because I'm a middle class white male. And that's just what, that's the type of oppression that my demographic has to deal with on a consistent basis in this country. And I really think it's Obama's fault. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. This is uh, Andy, by the way. So uh, what I really like about uh, you as a person, your values, is uh, you you don't like pedophiles. We are, we're one of the first anti-pedophile uh, podcasts out there. And I'm just curious because this is sort of a moral quandary for me, uh, and I'm sure it is for you. Do you think we should be investigating the death of Jeffrey Epstein, who is a known – I think he just definitely had like pictures of pe- like young penises on his laptop. It was something like that. Do you think we should be investigating his death, or do you think we should just let it go because he, uh, he's a pedophile? Okay, just I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting kind of pissed off just thinking about pedophiles. They really piss me off. And um, I, I mean, in terms of Epstein, you know, this guy was a real jerk, and he, he got what he deserved. But I think that at the end of the day, yeah, I think that you should probably try and you can't let these people off the hook so easily because this. This is really deep. This is like deep state, really, really undercover type shit that goes, you know, global elites all over the planet are involved in this shit. So you got to really go, you know, you got to go balls to the wall and investigate these motherfuckers. What is it with the global elites all loving kids? I mean, this is kind of, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, this is kind of off topic here, but I, it seems like any anyone that has any sort of political power in office just loves to uh, fumble around with kids. I don't know. I think it's um, we commend you for uh, you know standing up to this type of shit because everyone else is too afraid to say it. Skip Bayless won't say it. Uh, Stephen A. Smith won't talk about it. Um, it just exactly. seems, it seems like no one besides you is taking the stance. Um, and right off the bat, the first thing I can think of uh, when I think of you know creepy guys is w- what inspired your profile picture um are you the actual addiction network guy or are you just trying to raise the awareness about the dangers of marijuana well unfortunately i am not the addiction network guy as much as i would like to be uh, <laughs> but if, if you want a backstory into how that became my abby is that what you want yeah yeah okay uh well for i believe three three years three and a half years or so on twitter i had my real face and my real name as my Abby in description. And, you know, I, I, I was thinking, well, it's time for a change. It's time to switch it up. And I kept seeing this commercial on TV and it was this really shitty quality. And it looked like, like a, a, something that you would see in like a college class, like an amateur made it. The production quality was so bad. And again, I just kept seeing this commercial over and over again. And there was this, this cheap, you know, sleazy looking doctor with a stethoscope just yelling into the camera like addiction is a disease and I just remember thinking this guy's a fucking asshole so I might as well make this guy I might as well post a pic of this guy to Twitter and I thought the entire time that it was just like some shitty vocal commercial so I posted a picture of the guy to my Twitter and a ton of my followers like oh yeah this guy I know this guy I hate that commercial and then I was like oh so yeah this, this is a guy that we all hate so I might as well try and make it my Abby and it just kind of fit and really, it kind of just took on a life of its own. So now it's all over you know, college game day, and, and people in college courses are getting talked about it. You know, it's getting talked about in college courses. It's really just, it's really just incredible how, how much it's blown up. So how? So okay. uh, just getting sort of your last name, McCockner. Is that in? Is that uh, Irish nationality? Like, are you Irish? Because I know McCockner is. I'm pretty sure is like Wales. Uh, like a Welsh Irish name. So is that where you descend from? 
It's yeah, it's it's mostly Irish. My grandfather, Ulysses S. McCockner, he uh, was a famous general in the marijuana wars of the 1900s, and there, there was billions of people died. And <laughs> from that point on, that was when the McCockner line really kind of took on a life of its own, and it, it's a lot to live up to. And you know, I, I've gone over to Ireland several times, and, and I'm treated like royalty over there because of my grandfather who was shot in the head with a marijuana-laced bullet. But oh. that's not important right now. What's important is that I'm trying my best to carry on the McCockner legacy and just take it one day at a time. Uh, can we just have a moment of silence, please, for Ulysses S. McCockner? Just five seconds, just whatever. Uh, thank you. Thanks, everyone. That was, uh, means a lot. Um, Barry, you thank are you to, to kind of rewind here. Not rewind. Uh, flip the switch here. You are, you know, I'd say you are the undisputed champion of the world at respecting the troops. Um, how did you get this title? Is this self-claimed? Was it appointed? Uh, were you in the military? Are you in the military? Uh, how did that come about where you just give so much of you to the troops? Well, I'm not in the military, and I never have been military because I'm not worthy of wearing a uniform. And so uh, because I'm not worthy of wearing a uniform, I try my best to really spread the word of, and, and the benefits and just all the positives that the troops and our brave soldiers all over the world do for the advancement of humanity. In terms of being the troop-respecting champion, I would say that is self-claimed, but I really don't have to claim it because it's so blatantly obvious that I respect the troops more than anybody else. Like, it's, just kind of, it's something that doesn't need to be said. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I was just sort of building off that. Uh, do you think it's a little gay to love the troops or no? Like, not that there's anything wrong with being gay or anything. Ab- but... Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Don't say that shit ever again. Right? What is it with the troops in white Oakley sunglasses? Do you have any inside information on that? Like in your unbiased opinion, um, what is it with Camaros and Oakley sunglasses that is so uh, applicable to to our troops and military? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that probably explains why there's always a Camaro in my front yard. My, my wife really likes to pay her respects to the troops every now and then. So that explains the Camaro. But... Um, Really, especially red Camaros. The troops love the red Camaros. I, I can't answer that. I don't have an answer for that. But, you know, okay, the Camaro is a really nice car. In terms of the Oakleys, I mean, it, it's kind of the, the typical softball dad type of, not softball dad, little league dad where they wear a lot of Oakleys. I guess the troops are just trying to pay homage to America's pastime. I don't know. But it, that, that's, my, that's my two cents on the topic. But I don't have a, an exact answer. I'll have to check in with President Trump on that. All right, and in your unbiased opinion, uh, is Troop Twitter soft? I mean, I've tweeted things about the troops and Trump, and all of a sudden, just a flurry of white guys with car selfies as profile pictures are calling for my death. Um, Would you say that that's a little bit soft on the troops, Um, or do you think that I'm I'm a pussy for even tweeting about the troops? I I think the troops have earned the right to do what they want, and they they defend this country, and they they. You're sitting and you're sleeping in your nice little warm bed. You have a, a hot cocoa next to your table, and you have a nightlight. And your mommy's, you know, reading your bedtime stories. They're over there in Iraq, and they're fucking diving on grenades, and they're taking bullets to the chest. So they earn the right to do whatever they fucking want. So you might as well just sit there and take it. All right, that's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, is it true yeah. that Steph Curry and Tom Brady begged you to come on your podcast, and you told them to fuck off? 
well, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to get in contact with Tom because, actually, I wasn't able to get in contact with either of them because they both blocked me on Twitter multiple times. And it's one of those things where you just kind of have to accept that, hey, I own these guys mentally. And any single time they come up short in something, it's because they're too busy thinking about me. So that's, I haven't been able to have them on my podcast. I would love to have them on my podcast. How many times have you had like hostile interactions online with whether it be athletes or coaches or analysts? Like, do you really get into it? Is there any direct messaging involved? Um, how real does it get? Oh, man. Um, geez, I've, uh, look, fellas, I've been at this for a long time. And I, I have had a lot of interactions back and forth with a lot of different athletes, a lot of reporters. Um, <clears throat> Nothing, nothing too hostile because a lot of the shit I tweet is just really, really stupid. So, like, it's nothing. It's not really anything you can get too upset about. But there's definitely, I definitely fooled you know, a lot of a lot of athletes. I think this, uh, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson was one. I think like a couple months ago, on one of my old accounts before it got unlikely suspended, I was basically trolling and calling him a wide receiver. And he basically fired back at me, you're not my coach. And <laughs> then he blocked me. And then it was just, I was so distraught about that because I'm not a racist. And I didn't want people to think that I was a racist because a black guy blocked me on Twitter. Um, and, but I got over it eventually and I responded. And I've gotten, yeah, I, I got Tyron Matthew uh, a couple of years ago when I said there was a KKK rally going on outside of the Buffalo Bills game. I got this like the Kaepernick stuff. The Kaepernick stuff was just like a gold mine because it was just there's so many SJWs just waiting to pounce on a story. So I, I tweet like, oh, you know, Kaepernick with the Jets or Kaepernick is, you know, you know, Antonio Brown like when he was with the Raiders. I basically, you know, was impersonating uh, a, a reporter like Ian Rappaport and saying that, you know, Antonio Brown wouldn't play for the Raiders unless Kaepernick was signed. And a bunch of uh, blue checks fell for that, and they ran with it. So, and that's just recently. I I could go on for hours about about all the people I've told. It's, it's pretty crazy. When you go into Rappaport mode, it's absolutely hysterical. Um, just the one off the top of my head when Darnold was in his locker crying. There's just like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of people. Go ahead. You said Sam Darnold, yeah, when not when he was crying in his oh, yeah. locker. I mean, there's just like a ridiculous amount of people that respond to you and reply to you and think it's real. Uh, I think I want to say I saw somebody say it on TV. Read off one of your quotes. Uh, I believe that was uh, the Boston guy that uh, was talking about how Darnold was crying in his locker. <laughs> yes. Didn't even bother to read the next couple tweets. It was basically Darnold grabbing Adam Gase's ass. But- <laughs> When did like shit? that that's basically what all my thread, that's basically what all my rap report tweets evolved into. It starts out with like a super serious, solemn moment where a guy's crying, and then before you know it, there's people having gay sex all over. When the hell did this cult following even start for you? Well, let's see. I'm on account. I'm probably on like my fifteenth account right now. Holy and shit! And remember thinking. Oh my God, 10,000 followers, a ton. And then I just, you know, then that got suspended. And then kind of for a year or two, I was just kind of floating somewhere around, you know, nine, 10,000 followers. And then starting last year, I guess, I made this uh, thread about Michael Jordan 
thing against plumbers, and it just it just blew up, and it was on ESPN. And I think ever since then, that kind of helps expand my reach to where a lot more people knew about me. And so from that point on, I really just kind of expanded and gotten a lot more followers. And to, to me, I still am kind of shocked that I have I have as many followers as I have. I mean, I really really loyal fans and really really passionate fans and I'm very thankful for them just, just being humble yeah you are pretty humble uh, online have you ever got any cease and desist letters or any legal acts or any threats uh, on my account actually a couple years ago or last year I put that we photoshopped a picture of a little league baseball player and put it that his favorite actor was Johnny Sins and it blew up it was everywhere and ESPN um, hit me with uh, like legal action said I had to delete it I had to I actually had the lawyer up yeah yep and what happened was I, yeah yeah uh, we tweeted it I tweeted it originally and it did like okay and then Barstool of course picks it up and then it blew up then it was all over like ABC and like all these FS1 like all these other uh, channels, but it was like moderately big on my account, and then as soon as like it hit Barstool, it blew up. But yeah, I had to like lawyer up and everything, and get my lawyer to talk to uh, ESPN PR. Um, the family had a lawyer just over this ridiculously photoshopped picture because it was just so good. Uh, Andy photoshopped the font was like identical. Um, have you ever had anything like that happen to you? It was really, really good. I hope it doesn't happen to me. I, maybe because a bunch of the shit I tweet is like just so unbelievably stupid that it's just kind of like you have to have like no brain cells to, to for me it's like you know what's the guy gonna say please stop making gay locker room sex bread about me like like in my case like i don't really have anything to really sue me for but uh uh but that, that that's really awesome that that fooled me too last year i didn't know that was you guys so that that's that my respect level for you guys has just gone gone up even another notch speaking of your tweets yeah i was gonna mention your tweets are full of variety and range. I mean, for example, you tweeted that Calvin Johnson hasn't caught a touchdown pass since 2015. And then directly after that tweet, you tweeted, Casper the ghost fucked my wife in the ass. Um, like, what's the thought process between, behind these back-to-back tweets? Another wife tweet, right now my future wife is getting double teamed in a Wendy's bathroom by dudes named Andre and Reggie, but I still love her. What's what's the uh, the creative process behind these and what's going on with you and your wife are you guys okay well it, it it takes there's a certain level of intelligence that you have to have in order to understand the brilliance of my tweets and there's really it, it comes now i need you to tweet about casper the ghost sucking your wife in the ass and it basically it came to me when i was when i was watching a game on sunday and they had that casper the ghost commercial came on, and it's, it's a new commercial that has cast for the ghost, and I was like, you know what? I could do something with this. And it happened. In terms of my wife, um, we, we're not on speaking terms right now, and uh, it, it's very, very emotional, and it, it's a very, very personal, private thing. Um, she's not letting me see the kids, which is another, uh, it's a big hurdle for me, but, um, so that's kind of, that's also my way of kind of getting back to her. Saying Casper the ghost fucked her in the ass and, yeah. and all that shit, and, and you know, but again, it, it's it's more of a private thing, and I don't really feel like getting into it. The lawyers will have to sort it out. 
Uh, yeah, so so I feel like we relate a lot, uh, our podcasts and your humor, because it takes an intellectual mind to understand it. A lot of people may see it as uh, toilet humor, but actually it's one of the most intellectual levels of humor. So only like smart yeah. people get it. Having said that, I think yeah. you have some takes that I find uh, particularly subpar, uh, particularly Tom Brady, for example. Uh, what do you have to say to people that think he's the greatest quarterback of all time? Uh, well, I, I think that they're wrong, and I think they should be ashamed of themselves. Do you, do you think that a reason why you don't like him and you don't see his greatness is because uh, you grew up, I'm not sure what uh, fan base you're a part of, but you just grew up without winning so you it's hard to understand well i grew up thing is i'm an eagles fan i've been an eagles fan for my entire life so i've, I've seen my team beat tom brady in the super bowl so i don't really have even though you know they won even though they were cheating back in 2004 when they beat us uh in the super bowl 39 but um so I've seen my team beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and only Giants fans are, can also say that they're the only fan base that can say it. So it's not necessarily a, a, a matter of jealousy or not knowing how to win. It's just that I just think that I've never really been impressed by his style of play, and he just like sits back there in the pocket with his fucking Ugg boots, and he just sits there and he fires these five-yard dimes to wide-open receivers, and he stands there and he watches them. Uh, you know, go into the end zone, and then the announcers just slob all over him. Oh my God! Look at Tom Brady. He's he's the greatest of all time. He has six rings. It's just it's just nauseating to me. So uh, I I just personal it's it's a personal preference. Obviously, it's not the most popular personal preference out there because he's considered you know he's considered by a lot of people to be the goat. But to me. Uh, he's, he's just an overrated uh, kid-kissing system quarterback. Yeah, but don't you think that it takes a good quarterback to be able to adapt to any system? Because if he wanted, if uh, he went to the Kansas City Chiefs, he could do what uh, Mahomes is doing. I think he's just as mobile. He can move around. I think he could. He could. I think he's just he's the uh, quarterback chameleon. I think he can adapt to any system. So he doesn't need to be throwing the bombs to. He doesn't need all these great guys. He can sh- sh- uh, throw the short slants to Edelman and whatnot. So. I don't know. I just think it takes a goat to be able to adapt to any situation, almost like a troop. You can just you gotta be able to adapt to uh, any situation in front of you. Hold, hold on a second, buddy. Don't ever compare Tom Brady to the troops ever again. You understand? Uh, there, there's there's a lot of parallels. It, I, I don't know. It, it takes an intellectual. Don't right? This is this is. Don't ever compare that ugly wearing system quarterback to our men and women. For risking their lives overseas, please. Just, I'm, I'm getting nauseous just even having to hear you talk about that comparison. Please. Do you think Tom? Do you think Tom Brady just kisses his kids, or do you think that there might be some hand stuff going on behind the scenes? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate on anything, but I definitely think. Let's just say I think that he sends out some of his goons before every game and picks out a couple kids in the crowd. Say hey, you know, send him back in the locker room after the game. You know, I think he's, that, I think he's that type of guy. Kind of like you ever listen, you ever watch one of those uh, documentaries on these rock bands and how they always just have groupies and shit. I think he does that only for little kids. You you seem like sort of like you hate the fact that he kisses his kid or whatnot, and it just I don't know. To me, it seems it comes off kind of uh, incestophobic, and so I'm just curious: is that you claim to uh, accept all communities, but? yet you seem to bash uh, incest people. So I'm just curious, is that 
should, like, should we be canceling you or like what's going on with that? Because you claim you accept everyone for who they are, but I don't know. It seems kind of suspect. Well, it depends. Are we talking about like straight people incest or are we talking about gay incest? Because I don't if know. It's gay incest, I support it because I'm not homophobic. Oh. And, I, you know, but if it's straight incest, then I think all these cisgender white males or whatever they can just they can just go to hell. But if if it's gay, if it's transgender, I completely support it because I am really woke. I am not. Uh, I am not going to be canceled. Well, to be honest, I commend you for that. All uh, football opinions aside, I commend you for your uh, how much you accept everyone for who they are. Uh, well, speaking of accepting people, what about Steph Curry? Where's your hatred? Uh, where did that stem from? Was it become? What, did it have anything to do with his horrible Under Armour shoes that he came out with? Uh, in my opinion, the Under Armour shoes that Steph Curry <laughs> came out. I, I, I didn't hear you there. What can you repeat the question, please? Yeah, I was going to say, what caused your hatred for Steph Curry? Was it his horrible Under Armour shoes that were clearly designed for white premises, or was it because that he was carried by Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson? Well, full disclosure, I'm a LeBron fan, so uh, that, that explains some of it. Um, my hatred for Steph is basically just that I just, ugh, he, he just, he's really, really lucky at everything he does. You know, he got lucky in his first ring when Kyrie's kneecap exploded in the finals. And, you know, he still got taken to six. And then he the 3-1 lead. I don't know if you guys knew that, but he he won 73 games and then blew a 3-1 lead in the finals that same year. Not a lot of people talk about that. Yup, yeah. Then he, went, then he went to the Hamptons and he cried like a little bitch to Kevin Durant. Oh, please, Kevin, come save me. And, you know, and he goes out and then he gets carried two more titles by Durant, and then he goes and he prances around and he does all this shoulder shimmying and all this front-running and showboating, and now when he finally doesn't have a loaded team, he goes out there and he fucking fakes a hand injury <laughs> so he doesn't have to be out there getting exposed and get all this karma that's coming his way. It's, it just makes me puke, fellas. It just makes me puke. It, it's, it's disgusting, and I will never be able to support Wardell Curry in anything that he does. Although, you know, his... You know, and he also, he doesn't seem to be able to please Aisha in bed, if you remember a couple months ago, when she was speaking out about how she didn't feel sexy. So, Steph might also be a misogynist, if you talk about it, if you really want to deep dive into this. I definitely think you could bring that into the conversation, and sort of building off faking injuries, or just like, kind of sitting out games. What are your thoughts on like, basketball players now just like sitting out due to load management because when you think about it it's, it's november like every guy is dealing with load load management now it's no not november like what these guys are getting paid millions you do you think they should be able to just sit out whenever they want i think that they should have to spend a week in basic training to realize how good they have it oh because i couldn't agree more it's just absolutely disgusting when i heard why leonard was sitting out against the bucks i literally the bathroom and vomited because I was so disgusted by it. And can't play. Just go in a nursing home. All right, you're you're in your prime, 28 years old. You're one of the best athletes in the world. Just suck it up and go out there, play 30 minutes. You know, you get paid a lot of money to play a kids' game. You know, just suck it up. There's a lot of people that love to be in your position. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like it's it's kind of a double standard where uh, these basketball players get paid millions of dollars can just not show up, cannot do their job for a night, and it's fine. But when I skip my shift at Red Robin, I get fired. So, And I'm making uh, $7.25 an hour. So I just think yeah, exactly. it's, it's a societal problem. It's a, definitely a deeper issue for sure. Here's the thing with me is that if you're in Iraq, if you're in Iraq, 
And you can't, if you're storming a building on the on the ground, you can't just sit out that night. You can't do that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, the, other day, the other day, I was, um, I was, I was feeling down, so I wanted to watch a movie to cheer me up. So I put in Saving Private Ryan, and I was the opening scene where they were storming the beach. I just couldn't help but think, you know, Kawhi Leonard. You probably say, you know what, guys, you go on the beach. I'll just stay here behind. disgusting uh you know speaking of load management why did oj simpson block you well i think you know first of all oj simpson is still the only man to run for 2,000 yards on a 14 game season so he, he deserves some respect for that my other my other concern is i think he just you know he, he's such a good person that i i don't think that he could handle Somebody else like me who is just as morally, uh, just just so morally superior to everybody else. He couldn't handle the fact that I was on his level morally, and so he decided to block me because he was insecure about it. But I forgive him, um, you know. I, but you know, he's an you old man, right. and I think yeah. he deserves a lot of respect. You know, he, he's a great football player, and that's what really matters. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, he has a virtually unblemished history. Uh, just seems like a great down-earth guy. But sort of building off people that uh, athletes or famous people that kill their wives, uh, what kind of numbers do you think a player has to put up to get away with something like that and still play after uh, murdering or abusing someone? Because it's sort of like a, like Chris Brown can still make music. People still make music with him because it's so good, but yet they forget about the time that he uh, beat Rihanna. So like, how good do you have to be, would you say? What do you think the threshold is? for you to get away uh, with abusing someone and then still being able to play your sport or make your music? Well, I think... I think that if, it, if you're... For murder, I think everything... I don't think there's any way you can get back from murder. Even if you're found innocent of it, just because it's such a serious... It's like the most serious crime that you could have, murdering somebody, so... Murder, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you're accused of murder, I don't think that stain ever goes away. I think I think you have to be, like, a near superstar level for people to forget about that shit. Yeah, I, guess, I think once you can run over, like, 25 miles an hour, you can pretty much get away with anything. Because, like, yeah. and I think in terms of murder, I think there is sort of a, uh, a limit because I think Ray Lewis was so good. I think he was one of the, oh, yeah, yeah. He was one of the only people that – he was so good as a defensive player, which is it's just a tough position that he could just get away with stabbing two people outside of a nightclub. And then he, I think there's a statue for him in Baltimore. So I think he yes, he's kind of like a it's kind of a Cinderella story when you think about it. One of the most exceptional sports of our time is is the comeback of Ray Lewis, and he's such a humble guy, and he deserves all the credit that he gets. And he 
you know, he definitely, he just, he's a guy that you just, you can never see him murdering somebody, and he's a really great guy. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, we agree with that. Um, and you know what? Let's just end on that pleasant note of uh, people getting away with murder here. What do you like to be called anyway? Is it sports personality or just doesn't fucking matter? Uh, Trooper Spectre, please. <laughs> Trooper Spectre, okay. And we thank you, Barry, uh, Trooper Spectre, for coming on our show. And uh, we look forward to seeing your tweets and listening to your show as well. And uh, we encourage all of our listeners to make the, the jump over to Barry's show. And uh, if, you, if you don't, you clearly don't respect the troops and you're an asshole. So thank you, Barry. Thank you guys for having me. The reasons to treat yourself to a frozen drink from Mickey D's go on and on and on. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. Your new flavor craze is here. From sweet and fruity frozen Fanta Wild Cherry to the classic cool of a frozen Coca-Cola to the tasty and tart frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry. Get any size for $1.59. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. ba da ba ba ba